a proposal to add futurist expertise to government. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Amy Webb, Professor of Strategic Foresight at NYU Stern School of Business, author, quantitative futurist, and founder of the Future Today Institute. Welcome, Amy. Hey, Tanya, how are you? I'm well, thanks. What is your mission at the Future Today Institute, and who do you serve? So the Future Today Institute is an independent research organization and management consulting firm that I founded 15 years ago. Uh, our main goal is to help uh, leaders plan for uncertain futures. And we do that by building data-driven models. We do long-range forecasting. And ultimately, we advise and support uh, senior leaders and executives on their long-term risk and opportunity. And we do that, I guess, for uh, Fortune 500 companies and uh, parts of the federal government uh, and folks all around the world. You wrote a paper published by Stanford University Cyber Policy Center calling for a federal level office to address science and technology developments. Start by explaining the challenge we face in this area today. Sure. So I think the biggest challenge that we face and that we have been facing for a while is that the pace of breakthrough developments in science and technology, you know, are, have completely outpaced our ability to develop legislation and regulation and strategy. And so if we don't have a coordinated intentional effort, what winds up happening is that uh, we, we sort of fall into the cycle where, uh, you know, researchers in the academic space or, or uh, in the private space push forward on all kinds of new technologies and, and in new areas of science. And they develop things. There's a rush to commercialize those things oftentimes to recoup investment. And only when there's a problem do our regulators sort of perk up and pay attention. And at that point, it becomes very, very difficult to untangle the work that's already been done. Um, and we've seen this happen in lots of different places that range from social media, this is how we got to sort of fake news and misinformation, uh, to areas of automation and artificial intelligence, which is how we are now seeing um, deep fakes and uh, challenges with uh, text and um, new kinds of algorithms that can break encryption. So we're, we're butting up against these problems. And I would argue that you can't regulate because it stifles innovation, but you can't turn a blind eye and hope that the companies will police themselves because they're incentivized to do otherwise. Uh, so instead, I've been working for several years on some other way forward. Um, and, and I think that way forward is the establishment of a new national office of strategic foresight that would be um, nonpartisan and charged with long-range planning. Describe what this National Office for Strategic Foresight would look like, its mission, how it would operate. So some people may remember the Office of Technology Assessment. So this was uh, an office that was established essentially to educate our lawmakers. It was staffed with very smart um, scientists and mathematicians and trained professional futurists and um, you know, ethicists. And, and the role of this group of people was to think through the implications of decisions related to science and tech and simply to educate in a way that was meaningful all of the people writing policy. And so during its tenure, the OTA you know, scientists wrote somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 papers that were 
not political in nature. They were just meant to help from a policy perspective. Um, those working in DC make smarter, better informed decisions, but also to do some of the longer term risk and opportunity profiling, um, some of that work. So the OTA was so successful, it became the gold standard around the world. And Germany duplicated our office um, as did many other countries. It was defunded as part of a, a sort of great defunding plan in the mid 90s by Newt Gingrich. And since then, we've had a vacuum. And, and unfortunately, it happened during a critical moment in the development of a lot of core technologies, not the least of which is the commercial internet. Um, you know, and without anybody around uh, to, you know, so there's, there's some challenges, right? So we've got difficult, like technology and science is much more difficult to grok these days um, that, than it might have been in the past. Our election cycles may technically be every two to six years, you know. However, um, because of our media cycles, the election sort of starts the day after everybody starts their new term. I mean, for God's sake, we're two years already into a presidential election cycle, and there seems to be a town hall debate on CNN every other week, right? So as a result of all of this, um, there's a, I think, there's this pressure to be in the public eye and talking about science and technology more than there was in the past, and to have some kind of quick opinion that, that is, you know, you can, you can shrink wrap and put into a tweet. That's a dangerous and stupid position <laughs> to be in. Um, so, so that's kind of how we got to now. And the challenge is that we're allowing technology to become politicized, which is, a, which is terrible. And in the, in the absence of long-range planning with people who are not going to be leaving office and revolving in and out of the private sector every couple of years, we have this sort of back and forth weird flip-flopping. So at the end of the Obama administration, there was a pretty comprehensive point of view and paper regarding artificial intelligence, which then got thrown out at the start of the Trump administration, though very interestingly copied and, and <laughs> made part of China's artificial intelligence plan going forward. True story. Crazy. Um, so, and we kind of had to like reinvent the wheel with this president. Um, and that's that's not a, a knock against Obama or Trump. It's just the way that things happen. And, and I think we need to stop that cycle of insanity uh, because if we don't, we're going to fall behind other nations in the United States and we might start making really, really bad decisions that we don't um, fully realize until later on. So I am proposing the development of a national um, office for strategic foresight and its primary role uh, would be to develop things like norms and standards. Um, it would do the long-range scenario testing and planning that's based in data. Uh, it would uh, coordinate technology across the different um, branches. Uh, it would mandate and, and help scope out uh, investments, um, you know, and, uh, and again, regardless of who is in the Oval Office at any moment, in time, the idea is that this, the architecture for the department or the office and the core people working in it would stay. Um, and, and the office's responsibilities would very much be educational, strategic, but also tactical in nature. Uh, 
it would work with members of Congress, it would work with various stakeholders to facilitate strategic conversations, to prototype policy, to do risk modeling and assessment, um, to look at impact scenarios for the future, and hopefully to build a better culture of longer-term planning in the United States, since we are very much now, like our attention is totally rooted in whoever's getting, you know, whoever's running for office the next couple of minutes. You identified artificial intelligence as the first priority for this new office. Why AI first? So there's a bunch of critical technologies that demand our attention. Uh, so there's artificial intelligence, obviously, um, bioengineering and genomics. So that ranges from things like CRISPR, which is augmenting uh, you know, genes to do different things, but also you know, looking at maybe better ways to, to grow crops um, or to you know, to, to do many different things. So there's, there's the biospace um, and, and big agriculture and smart farming. But there's also areas like quantum computing and blockchain. I mean, we have a lot of fundamental technologies that we ought to have some kind of point of view on. Um, I think as the office, you know, were to launch, it should begin with a technology that's familiar enough to people um, and immediate enough that there could be some priorities uh, developed and some tactical actions taken because this strategic foresight office needs to not only report to the president, but it has to have budget authority. They have to engage in strategic planning. They have to have cross-agency priority goals. They have to have coordinating offices all around the country, and they need to bring in external expertise. And at the moment, of all the different fundamental technologies starting to shape our future landscape, AI is the one with the most, um, I think, the most work done that we could sort of take a bite into and start doing something about. That makes sense. Amy Webb, Professor of Strategic Foresight at NYU Stern School of Business, author, quantitative futurist, and founder of the Future Today Institute. Thanks for joining us today. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about the work that you do. How can they do that? Sure. Well, three things. Um, the first thing is I'm very easy to find and I'm pretty responsive. So if you go to futuretodayinstitute.com, you can access all of our research, which is open source, and all of our tools and methodology if you're interested in foresight and practicing more like a futurist. Um, the paper that we've been referencing is available on Stanford's Cyber Policy Center website. Um, it's called A National Office for Strategic Foresight, Anchored in Critical Science and Technologies. It is free. It's a PDF. I would love it if everybody watching and listening would download it and read it and share it with somebody who can make a difference. The last thing that I'll say is that I dedicate and devote about 20% of my time to public service as a volunteer. Um, and this paper that I wrote was part of that volunteering effort. And I would just encourage everybody, um, the best possible thing that we can do for our future is to plan for it because failing to plan is planning to fail. And, and that's why I donate my time back to uh, the federal government. And um, as crazy as that may sound, uh, I believe that I can make a difference and that everybody can make a difference too. Amy, you don't just believe it, you are making a difference. And it's always an honor to have you as a guest to talk about some of the things that, that you and shed some of your insight. Um, again, that was Amy Webb, uh, Professor of Strategic Foresight. And check out her book uh, as well uh, that can be on, found on Amazon or she probably has it posted on Twitter. Uh, and if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.